Hello, everybody, and welcome to Live a Little, this crazy little podcast where educator and mindfulness coach Greg Graber and myself, Pete Browning, a voice of the Grizzlies, we talk about a bunch of stuff. It is episode five, Mr. Graber, and away we go. Away we go. We are drinking a Zippin' Pippin', which is an India Pale Ale brewed by Ghost River Brewing Company right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, I, I actually have a connection with the Zippin' Pippin'. I, kind I of, wrote it kind of You did write it. Okay. So uh, I grew up probably about 12 miles north of, of Green Bay, Wisconsin. And a few years ago, Paul Jaden, the mayor, his big thing was, for some reason that I defies explanation, he wanted to bring the Zippin' Pippin' to Green Bay. There's a, an amusement. Why, why did everything we have? It was the Memphis Bell. Was it Akron, Ohio? Maybe something. Uh, one of the other Air Force bases. Like I can't all, remember all which. All of our yeah. good stuff. All of the good stuff goes. His like his thing in life. And my late mother, God rest her soul, she's like, this this mayor. He's terrible. The only thing he's done is bring this dog on roller coaster to Bay Beach amusement park. And it was like it was like the highlight of his administration. Was he an Elvis guy? Is that why? Because you I know it was Elvis's favorite ride. I don't know. I, I would have to dig a little more deeply into that to uh, to figure that out. But uh, so Zip and Pippin. This is this is my first dance with Zip. It's good. First first dance with Zip and Pippin for me as well. Um, you were were you worried? I asked you. I said. I felt like it was my turn to bring the beer again, but you're like, no, no, no you it. brought the beer the last was couple it? of times. Okay. I was, it's good to see you. It's, I don't want to speak out of school, but this is kind of our socialization thing. It's like, yeah. we're both introverts, even yeah. though we kind of, not kind of, we speak for a living mm-hmm. in different venues, yeah. different magnitudes, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah, well, we, it's, we intentionally it's good to be don't talk now. <laughs> no, we don't when do we're, no. when we're off air. No, no, we we don't. We we try to save it for the podcast. Well, on today's show, we will talk about what is happening in our lives or and or uh, in popular culture. Recommendations. We'll air some grievances. You got grievances? I've got a couple. Okay, I've I know got, that's hard to imagine. <laughs> but, yeah. I've got I've got one too, and then we'll look ahead at what's going on as we head into the Labor Day weekend. Um, do you want me to talk about Ireland first, or do you want to talk about what's going I, yeah, on? Yeah, I can't room? wait. You can't I'd wait? I'd love to okay. hear about it. So long story short, uh, those who know me really well know that I, I went to the Notre Dame game in Dublin, Ireland last weekend and was part of uh, one of the official tours, which was run by a company called On Location. And if you ever are going to a sporting event and On Location is running the tour, they were spot on. I mean, they, they were fantastic. Uh, spent a couple of days in Killarney. Took a driving trip, and no, I wasn't driving because you drive on the wrong side of the road, and I refused to do that. But uh, did the Ring of Kerry, wonderful seaside scenery, the Dingle Peninsula, more wonderful scenery, and then on the drive to Dublin uh, from Killarney, uh, we took in Blarney Castle and the Blarney Stone. I saw you kissed it, and I was yes. thinking when when Holly and I went a year ago the the poor bastard that his job is to wipe it down from covid right between kisses mm-hmm. was he there oh yeah again? absolutely absolutely yeah and and of course they take pictures and everything so for those of you who don't know the, the whole thing about blarney castle so it blarney castle is a castle where there is a stone and and there is the whole story there is a stone affixed and allegedly uh if you kiss the blarney stone you will be gifted the gift of gab 
And I, I first kissed the Blarney Stone 30-some years ago. Um, my traveling companion had never been to Ireland, so she certainly had not kissed the Blarney Stone. So she, she was in need of, of kissing the Blarney Stone. But explain how you have to get down. It's not really comfortable getting no. down there and for guys our age. No, it's, not that we're decrepit, but... It's not comfortable really for anybody. So, so first of all, you get there, and we didn't have like priority to get to the front of the line or anything. So you're standing in line, and there's a sign... From here to the stone, the wait is 90 minutes. And that's not an easy walk up to the stone. No, because there are about 120 steps, winding staircases, where they actually have ropes built into the wall that you grab the rope and kind of pull yourself up. So it's a very difficult walk up there in the first place. And the, the couple in front of us, the woman was afraid of heights. And it's like, there's no way you can go back down. You have to go all the way to the stone and then go to the exit. She made it, thankfully. But when you get to the very top of the castle, the stone is such that you have to lie down. They have iron bars that you reach back behind your head, and you bend yourself backwards yeah. in order to yeah. kiss the stone. And um, it's one of those things like, you know, I, I, the wait was long. But it's like, what else are you going to do? I mean, there are beautiful grounds around Blarney Castle, but it is something that, you know, hey, you want to do that. Other, other than that, you can go to the Blarney uh, Woolen Mills and buy clothes. I have enough clothes. I do have several Irish sweaters. I did not need any more. So that was really cool. Um, the other thing, too, when you, when you get to Dublin, Dublin has a civic park, St. Stephen's Green, right in the heart of the city. And... To me, it's my favorite park. I've been to Hyde Park I've in, in London. I have been to Sydney, Australia. Obviously, been Central Park a million times. This is my favorite park, Great park. in the world. Yeah, Great Ab park. Absolutely. We, when we went, we got off. We were jet lagged right off the plane. Couldn't check into the hotel. We went straight there and just kind of chilled out. Just Did, Do you know the story about how it became a public space? No, I do. Okay. Sir Arthur Guinness of Guinness fame. Oh, wow. Uh, at one point in time, St. Stephen's Green, there were gates and there were only six keys for the six families that lived around the periphery of St. Stephen's Green. And, and Arthur Guinness said, this is wrong. This should be open to everybody. It's a 22-acre park right in the middle of Dublin. And there are lakes and flower beds, and it's, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And um, Arthur Guinness paid off the six families. I think it was... I, they estimated as like $50,000 a family, he bought the keys, literally got the keys from them, threw the keys away, threw the locks away, and said, this is now for all of Dublin. And what people may not realize is that the Guinness family have been tremendous philanthropists in Ireland. So every time you, uh, you drink a Guinness, you're probably helping some people in Ireland and, and elsewhere in the world so that's cool so there's that um i promised this in the uh the promo video that i i put on twitter i have one restaurant story this is going to be good i have i happen to think it's pretty good so through the stay in ireland you get your share of pubs you get your share of fish and chips and burgers and shepherd's pie and all that and so the game is on saturday of course friday we had gone on a tour of trinity college Saw the Book of Kells, which, for those of you who don't know, they are handwritten and illuminated copies of the four Gospels that these were created in 800 A.D., so they be old. And then, of course, a lot of people may know the Long Room, the library at, at Trinity College, which, interestingly enough, Greg, they have pulled all the books off the shelves. Really? 
because what they, what they've done is after the the fire at um, uh, Notre Dame, they said, "Hey, we're in the same boat. If this if something sparks, all this goes up in flames." So the Irish government has given them a huge amount of money. They've pulled all the books off the shelves. And we saw videos where there are these special vacuums. They're vacuuming all the dust. And they are cataloging all the books in the long room, the library at Trinity College. Um, will they eventually go back? They, they, will, they will go back, but they're pulling the books, and then they're installing fire suppression systems so that the long room does not suffer the same fate. As Notre Dame. So in any event, and the tour ended up being like three hours, which was a lot longer than we had anticipated. And we get back to the hotel. It's like, okay, we're hungry. By the time we went back out, the pubs were full. We walked into one pub that a tour guide had recommended. And I don't know if there are fire marshals (laughs) in Dublin. Apparently they are not. Um, But you have to eat early in Dublin because then the music starts. And once the music starts, it's all liquid. You know, you're, you're drinking, you're not eating anymore. So we were, we were kind of frustrated, couldn't find a place to eat. We walked across one of the bridges to the other side of the Liffey, and we're wandering around trying to find something. And we see a sign for an Italian restaurant. It's like, we like Italian, and actually some of the best Italian I ever had was in London of all places. So I said, well, yeah, we'll, we'll try it. So we go in, we sit down, and, and my companion orders lasagna. And the server leans over to her and says, um, what side would you like with that? Would you like chips? We kind of look at each other, and it's like, chips with lasagna? And You thought they meant fries, right? Because in Great Britain, well, chips are fries. Right, yeah. right. But that was just like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. And we're looking at each other going like, you know. And the waitress is like, well, don't you want them? And... My companion eats very healthfully, and French fries are not really in her diet anyway. And so she's like, no, no side. I just, just bring me the lasagna. That's all I want. This server looked so hurt and so insulted. And, and we're, you know, while we're waiting for our orders to arrive, we're looking at each other like, was she really going to offer you French fries with your lasagna? Sure enough, a couple minutes later, server walks out to another table with a dish of lasagna and a cup of French fries. Really? Yes. That's, that's a lot of carbs. It's a lot of carbs, but they serve French fries with everything over there. And I, I just... I shouldn't be surprised in Dublin, though, shouldn't right? be, should be Shouldn't, be, shouldn't be surprised, but yeah, yeah. Italian food, you know, like lasagna... <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, but put a whole new spin on. Do you want fries with that? Yeah, if you're training for an Ironman or something, maybe right. But. Yeah, um, it was it was a fantastic trip. We we really did not have any hiccups with the airlines or with customs or or anything like that. Notre Dame won handily, forty two three over the Naval Academy. So there wasn't really do you, much. Do you like drama the stadium? Love the stadium. So I, I'd been in that stadium. I'm ashamed to say for what. Um, but yeah, it's a cool stadium. <laughs> well, wait, you're ashamed cool. to say, you're ashamed to say, but you're not. It's a, it's a Harry Styles concert. Okay, so, so it's, a, it's a concert. Okay, that's fine. My wife wanted to go. Okay, yeah, yeah. So blame blame Holly. That's my, good. My man card yeah. revoked for that one, but really cool stadium. Yeah, it, it it really is. Forty nine thousand people. The pageantry was great. We had seats that turned out in, in the club level. They're nice padded cushion seats. I, I mean, this was it was it was um, it was really great. So very very much enjoyed that. And I've I've told people who have said, I want to go to Europe, but I'm really worried about going to a foreign country. 
And I said, look, if you're going to go to a foreign country, Ireland is like, oh, it's, with, it's like the yeah. perfect starter country. Without a doubt. They are so nice to Americans there. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They, they, they love Americans. They know how to have a good time and really did not find it overly expensive, which they could have just gouged whatever they wanted to because they literally had 50,000 Americans invade Ireland for this football game from the Naval Academy and, and, and from Notre Dame. Um, but, yeah, it was it was great. Originally, uh, I was supposed to go in 2020, and then COVID happened. And so then they, when they as soon as they rescheduled the game in 2021 for 2023, I put down my deposit and said, we're going. So, so, so that's Ireland. The other thing that's uh, big in my world, the NBA schedule is out. So. Yeah. And what's uh, interesting, I will be in Memphis for all holidays this year. So Thanksgiving, we, we Christmas, some holiday New edition. We can podcast. do some holiday right. edition podcast. Yeah, yeah, and I'll also be home for the Super Bowl. So that so, sweet. So that's that's kind of we cool. got to find us a party, Super Bowl party. To go to. <laughs> we'll, we'll just List, we'll just create our listener. Own. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Uh, what, what's going on in your world? You did not travel internationally, but I know no, that, that well, you're I'm, getting busy with school yeah, and uh, travel for work is going to be starting back with some of these various college teams that I'm working with. Holly and I are going to be in Italy. I want to say it's the 14th of September for about a week, so I'll have a report on Italy okay. when I get back. We're whereabouts in Italy? All the major cities, mm -hmm. Rome, Venice, Florence. We have a couple of friends that are getting married, so okay. looking forward to that. Never been to Italy before. Um, let's talk about Arsenal for a second. <laughs> okay. I would be remiss if uh, you know we didn't do this for our couple of Arsenal friends. There's probably more Gooners. than two. Yeah, I think there are quite a few. Have you seen any of the games yet? Not to put you on the spot, I know you've been busy and traveling. No, no, they've got one coming. Is it Saturday or Sunday morning? So Sunday, I'm going to expect you to be there. I'm yeah, put yeah, you on okay. The spot right gotcha. Now. Yeah, yeah. Ten thirty, you can get up late. That's that's easy. Man that, that's United, easy. big rivalry. So right. My problem right now with Arsenal, and I love Arsenal more, almost more than anything, is Arteta has had three different lineups for all three games, and it it has looked abominable. Just we're not gelling together. I think he's trying to be overly innovative. He's fancying himself to be a little bit like his mentor, Pep. Mm -hmm. He's not quite there yet. And it's going to be interesting to see what Havertz does or does not do. Mm -hmm. I want to give him 10 or 12 games yeah. to settle in. But um, we'll see. Hopefully we'll get it going. This is a big game. Yeah. For those of you who, listeners, those of you who are not soccer people, Mikel Arteta is the manager of Arsenal, as they say, manager, not head coach, you know, so. I, and, I, and, I was, and, and I love him. One of the reasons, you know, I've always been a soccer guy. I've always loved watching various teams. I was drawn to Arsenal because of Arteta. Three really good friends of mine in different places. You here in Memphis, Cody Worsham in Baton Rouge, David Berry in Birmingham. All you guys kind of converted me to Arsenal. Mm -hmm. And I've got it bad. I mean, I've got the fever. <laughs> how many how many shirts do you Oh my gosh. Shirts, yeah. I've got Trossard's home and away for this season. I'm going to get the alternative. Wait, wait, you bought the yeah. you bought the away it's, kit? It's ugly as hell, but it's it's grown on me. It's like a fluorescent XFL jersey from the 90s. When you Yeah, It's yeah. not or an arena league, or, but I don't know. Yeah. I just I like the third kit though. The, third the kit blue, is cool. the blue and green. I'm going to get like that, that in the long sleeve. Got to save a little money. It's, it's expensive getting those jerseys from <laughs> getting them sent over from England. But the other thing I wanted to mention to you, because we kind of have a theme with the Irish thing and mm -hmm. Catholicism. So Holly and I are trying to sell our house. Right. 
as a good Catholic, I'm hoping you can advise me on this. We buried St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. Last time we did this, we, obviously the economy is a little bit different 18 years ago. We sold our house in like three days. Now it's been on the market for 50 days. My good friend Ryan Dixon in Houston, shout out to Ryan, another good Catholic. Like I love my Catholics. <laughs> um, told me to dig him up because, no, you're not supposed to bury him. That's disrespectful. You're supposed to put him on the mantle. So Holly and I frantically ran to the front yard where she thought we had buried him. We can't find him. St. So Joseph, where are you? Are you we being punished by St. Joseph? So we ordered another St. Joseph on Amazon, and he's on the mantle. Um, so you're as double Ryan covered. advised us to do, but I need some, I need some spiritual guidance here. <laughs> I'd always heard that you bury St. Joseph, but you bury him upside down. <laughs> you got it. You, are we, we making this up as we go along? No, no, I, I mean, like... no, I, I, I had heard that. And of course, I mean, I heard that, I think when, um, when I was in Chicago or maybe, no, uh, when I was in Portland, because when, growing up in Wisconsin, it was the only house we ever had. My parents never sold a house. They just built one, and, and we were always there. <laughs> I was just thinking, as, you, as Holly's trying to find St. Joseph's, like, we need to pray to St. Anthony to help you find St. Joseph. And, so, yeah, any of this would be helpful. And huh. I'm thinking in Wisconsin, the ground is so frozen most of the year anyway, you couldn't bury him if you wanted to. Yeah, like I said, we, we never had an issue with selling a house. I think we buried, I think we buried a St. Joseph in a house in Beaverton, Oregon, many, 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 many years ago. But, but since then, uh, but I, you I'm, know, I'm a little rates, out of practice selling houses. Interest rates have gone from 2 to 8% for mortgages. So I, you know, I hit it at the wrong time. Yeah, St. Joseph does not account for so changes in the economy. Is there one for financial acumen or prosperity? Uh, Maybe I would have to do a little research. Patron saint of uh, the stock market, patron saint of uh, mortgages. Mortgages, okay. Good mortgage rates. There, there, prob there probably is one for all, for all we know. So okay. listeners, any of you that can give me, I, I'll do anything. I'll sacrifice... Uh, a small fake animal, I'll do whatever, uh, drink the devil's blood, whatever we need to do to, to sell this house. Okay, so, got it, okay. I, I'm not, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, maybe bite, bite the bite head, head off of our bat. dead, yeah, so. okay. Well, what was it, the um, uh, Bull Durham? We need, we need a live rooster to take the curse off of uh, <laughs> Jose's glove, something, something like that. Um, okay, interesting. Well, I, I, I hope that Either you find St. Joseph or St. Joseph can make something good happen for you. It's a lovely house. I don't know. Well, thank you. Do, do you want to yeah, give, yeah, out, do you any, give any, out an address? Yeah, because yeah, any, well, I don't really want to give out an address. Well, no, but I, I mean, you want to sell the house. Okay, where, where, yeah. can, where, any, where can any, they find any, you? Anyone in, in Memphis, uh, it's 531 Stonewall. Great street. Thank you, Pete, for the, you know, this isn't the reason for the podcast, <laughs> but, but let's I, plug anytime it. Anytime we have a car to sell, whatever's going on, we can. <laughs> it's our, it's our show, damn it. 531 Stonewall. Lowered it five times, not going to lower it again. Beautiful house. Gotcha. You, uh, okay, let's get to some recommendations. Now that we've done that, we'll now see th you next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, we're not. I'm just kidding. We're not done yet. No, I, I've got, I've got a recommendation um, because I departed from O'Hare before or flew in and out of O'Hare going, uh, going to Ireland. How was that? Because that's my least favorite airport. One, the layout is terrible. It's, it, is, it, is, it is funky. And it's and dirty it's like and the, crowded, right? Uh, no, it's, it's yeah. you know what? I'm, I'm a little biased because in an earlier version of my life, when I worked for the University of Notre Dame, my job was to travel to alumni clubs around the country. 
Well, from South Bend, the only place you could fly in the late 1980s, early 1990s was Chicago. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to Philadelphia, New York, Washington, I had to go. I spent more time in O'Hare in the late 90s and early 2000, late 90s, mid, uh, I'm sorry, early 90s. So I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of used to it. And I took that flight a lot when I was working with Shaka and his guys at mm -hmm. Marquette so in Milwaukee. So I'd fly from here to Chicago and then maybe 15 or 20 minute quick flight to mm -hmm. Milwaukee. Yeah. So. But nothing, nothing compares to what the Memphis airport is right now. Uh, and some of these me, newer airports. Me, yeah. The Memphis airport, the new terminal. Right. That's it, though. That's it. That's it. You get to that baggage claim, you, you you know where you are. Yeah, then it's then it's then it's definitely uh, OG OG baggage claim. Um, no, I didn't didn't have a problem with it. And what's nice about it is this be, this is another reason why people if you're going overseas go to Ireland because the customs thing is like super easy. We actually flew out of the K concourse. We did not have to go to the international concourse at O'Hare. And when you go to Ireland, you clear customs in Dublin, then you mm -hmm. get on the plane, you get to Chicago, you're through. That's you're, you know, nice. you're over, over and done with. Um, but in any event, long way around of saying is that it's about a seven and a half, if you don't stop, which is not realistic, but it's about eight and a half hour drive from here to Chicago. And so I will listen to satellite radio, but I'll also listen to podcasts quite a bit. And I listen to a lot of, there, there are media, sports media podcasts. There, there are basically, there's three. There's Andrew Marchand and John Orand of Sports Business Journal. Uh, they talk about the business of sports media. There's uh, Richard Deitch on The Athletic who talks about sports media. And then there's Jimmy Traina who does it for Sports Illustrated. And of the three, I think Jimmy Traina's podcast is the best. Always has really good guests, very good interviewer. And in his last episode, he got what he considered the holy grail of podcast guests because he does not do very many of them. Charles Barkley. Interesting. Yeah, it, yeah. I've never thought about Barkley not being on podcasts, but you're right. Yeah. And uh, normally Trana keeps his guests for like an hour or so. Barkley gave him an hour and a half. Wow. Which is unbelievable because, I mean, most guys just, just don't. And, and, and Trana's like, okay, that, Charles, thank, thanks for your time. And then Charles would get off onto another subject, and, and then there was another 10 minutes to the podcast. They covered so many things, and I did have the, the good fortune to meet Charles exactly once, and it was after he had blown out, I think, a, um, a, a quad tendon, and his career was pretty much over. And I was introduced to him by a mutual friend who was working for Nike at the time. And I said, Charles, I'm really sorry to hear about the injury. He says, don't feel sorry for me. He said, I've had a great career. I'm fine. I'm fantastic. Everything, everything's great. He is one of the realest and most sincere people. And if you listen to this podcast, they talk about gambling. They talk about golf. They talk about live. They talk about his beef with Michael Jordan. Um, they talk about you know his work at Turner and and what may happen because the national TV contracts are up in a couple of years. They even talk about his admiration for nurses. Really, I mean, it's it's. I've heard stories about him, just like regular guys. He'll hang out with in a bar and drink, and then get the tab or whatever, and just yeah, like he's just a normal dude. Yeah, except the normal dude goes to Vegas like every other weekend so he can bet football. But he's a huge football fan. So go to it. It's SI Media with Jimmy Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A, and the episode with Charles Barkley. Absolutely fantastic. And for those of you out there who are WWE fans, Jimmy Traina is a big pro wrestling guy, and frequently he has 
pro wrestlers on. So, but the, the Charles Barkley interview is is just amazing. And Barkley is the type of guy that you would want to sit and have a couple of beers with and watch some football. And um, so, big big fan of uh, Jimmy Traina and Charles Barkley. Very cool. So my recommendation is a couple of years ago, I was kind of late to this. Uh, There's a series of books that came out from a gentleman named Dan Butner. He's a National Geographic fellow. Okay. It's called The Blue Zone. You ever heard of that? Mm, so no. he writes about sort of how different cultures and longevity. So there are, I think there were originally four blue zones around the world. And basically what it entails is these people who lived in these four blue zones had longer lifetime longevity, maybe okay. longer. So I think it's like, if I can remember right, it's uh, Okinawa, the island off Japan, mm-hmm. um, Sardinia, Italy, I forget the town in Costa Rica, and Loma Linda, California, <laughs> of all places. That, that's random. Well, it's interesting because it, it's frequented by, or it's populated by a lot of seven-day Adventists. Okay. And they have certain strict sort of dietary codes mm-hmm. and they exercise. And so he now has a four part docu-series on Netflix. It's called Blue Zones. Something I think the subtitles like live to 100. Really interesting from a cultural perspective or a multicultural perspective, how he really gets into all these different cultures, but also in just sort of how they live simply and have long fulfilling good lives things like they don't intentionally diet they just basically live off the indigenous food in their area and they don't like have exercise plans or personal trainers their day just involves natural movement things Mm -hmm. like that I i highly recommend it it also talks about how these four different blue zones the these groups of individual or cultures, how they're socially connected to each other. And they have rich, robust social lives that help sort of deter stress and anxiety. And, and it all leads to them having long, prosperous lives. Wow. That's, that's really cool because I, I think among most industrialized nations, I think the life expectancy in the United States is the shortest Oh, and it's down. For the first time in history in the United States, life expectancies have gone down the last few years. You know, we live in this accelerated culture where everything is just so fast and furious and, you know, we work hard and uh, it's uh, just this kind of fast, disposable junk culture in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways, for lack of a better way of saying it. instead of sort of being slow and, and methodical and intentional with our lives and bringing meaning to our lives. Well, and certainly kind of the rush, rush, fast food, junk food diet has led to obesity. Did you hear about the woman at uh, at the White Sox game? <laughs> no. Okay. Is there a video? That, I know I'm going to want to see this. I, no, I don't, I don't think there's a video, but there was a discharge of a gun. I don't want to say it was a shooting at a Chicago White Sox game. And people were like, "Oh my god, this, you know, somebody was had a gun at a White Sox game. Did the bullet come from outside? Where where did it come from?" One woman got like a graze wound to I think her leg, another one to her abdomen. They had determined 
that this woman had smuggled a handgun into whatever whatever they're calling that ballpark. To me, it's always Comiskey Park. Um, she had smuggled this gun in, got it through the metal detector because she hid the gun in the folds of her belly fat. Jeez. Oh, like I said, I got to see the. Video. Well, I don't think there's video, and I, I, I really hope there isn't. But yeah, well, yeah, and this isn't like fat shame or anything like that. But we live in the sed- sedentary culture. You're talking about the fast food, but I saw a statistic a few days ago. The average American is looking at a screen twelve hours a day. At first, I thought, you know, that doesn't sound right, but. You can do that thing on your iPhone where it, it monitors your screen time. Right. <laughs> so I think it's, say that's probably four or five hours a day, believe it or not, for yeah. most people. Yeah. And then if you couple it with how many hours a day are you looking at a computer at work? Mm-hmm. How many hours a day are you watching TV? It's not hard to get that 12 hours a day. No, and no. That's not active time. No, and people eat out of boredom. Yeah. I got, I got something to do with yeah. my hands. Yeah. So emotional yeah. numbing. Yeah. You know when they made FedEx Forum... Uh, I think you, when you first came, right? It was it 2004? Yeah. They made the seats wider for that reason. Were you aware of that? It's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you would like to see, you would think that here we would have longer life expectancy with presumably access to, well, access to healthcare. That's a, that's a, that's a whole nother show. Um, yeah, fluoride in our water. It's not the industrial revolution. We're not walking in waste. We're not, Walk, working in factories for 14 hours a day, you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think this docuseries really would resonate well with our listeners. Yeah. It's really interesting. And it gives you a few tips, things that we can do. We don't have to have a, a massive overhaul of our, of our lifestyle. There are little things here and there that we can do to improve the quality of our life from a preventative perspective. Yeah, yeah, because bad diet, inflammation... Mental health, yeah, it, it all kind of folds into uh, into the same thing. All right, we're we're partway through our beers, so I think we're well lubricated to air some grievances. Me first, if you wish. I'll just do one. I'll be okay. good today. Uh, Airbnbs are terrible. They're an abomination. Oh. They are ruining residential neighborhoods across the country. And I'll give you an example. Uh, in our neighborhood. Not right near us, but there are a couple of them. Near the house you're trying to sell. Yes. That's not what's hindering, though. It's not close enough to our house. But still, um, these LLCs that are owned by people that don't even live in the neighborhood or the area rent them out, and they become party houses. And it's just real disruptive, and it, it runs down the value of neighborhoods. It's all over the country. It's not just a Memphis thing. We looked up one of them that was down the street, and it's owned by two doctors. It's an LLC. So my wife traced it and saw they own 11 in Memphis, mm-hmm. in different, 11 different neighborhoods in Memphis. And as we drove by, it was interesting. All the lawns were overgrown and the, and the places weren't kept up. Yeah. So there's a, there is a hashtag, and I implore our listeners to use, I was going to say on Twitter, I guess it's X now. <laughs> Thank you, Elon. It's, it's Airbnb sucks. So let's <laughs> let's all go at it. And and I I had friends who went to Austin for the Austin Marathon, and they had been big Airbnb people. And they get to this place, and 
They literally see drug deals going on in front of the residence, garbage overflowing the cans. And they went back to Airbnb, and Airbnb's response was, too bad you booked it. Well, it's funny. It's all, that's always their response. We had done that in the neighborhood a few times. Typically, it's someone probably not even in this country answering that, um, and they don't really care. The good news is Airbnb sort of ownership and their business is really tanking right mm-hmm. now. People are sick of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I've never been a big Airbnb person. Um, I I will get hotels. You know, you go Travelocity, um, you go Priceline, you can find something and you have a reasonable expectation that it's going to be fine. I've stayed in Airbnbs, but um, and, and the few times I have, I haven't had bad experiences. For my grievances, if I solicit a company to do business with you with them please respond are we going back to what was it last uh your suitcase well you know what travel pro came correct they they sent me the suitcase props now, to them props to them they don't suck like airbnb they they do not travel uh, um, travel pro yes they 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 make the best suitcases and yeah i guess it got misdelivered i notified them and within like two days, I had a new suitcase. Yeah. I had the suitcase that I ordered. I was worried place. about you in Ireland, maybe having to have a burlap sack or something. <laughs> no, no. I, I have pretty much every different size of suitcase, depending on, on the length of trip. No, this is, um, those people who know me really well know that I had an unfortunate incident at the house with water uh, and had to file a eh, substantial insurance claim. And I was with one of what I would consider to be the legacy uh, insurance carriers, uh, and I found out I was really not in good hands. The claims process was ridiculous. It was not done locally. It was done over the phone with somebody in Atlanta. And so I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go to an independent, I was advised to go to an independent insurance agency in Memphis, let them shop for a company, for an insurance company that if I have a loss, there is an adjuster in Memphis. I've solicited two different companies, had a meeting with one, extended um, conversations on email with another, filled out forms. These are the limits. This is the size of my house. You know, you fill out all this so that they know what they're doing. And we're going like over a month and no response. Like, look, if you don't want to do business with me, just say, you know what, I don't, we don't want to do business with somebody that is insuring a house and a car. We do big stuff or, or whatever it is. My father was a salesman. My father would never, ever have done anything like this. When, when I am coming to you and saying, I am willing to spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars with you, the least you could do is return my flipping phone call. Well, it's like a real estate company. If I'm not a priority for you, don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it's all about just taking that money as quickly as you, as they can now. And, yeah, you know. and and the, and the problem is, is like the really really big insurance companies, they're easy to sell. The service is terrible. The problem now is I want better service, but I can't get anybody to sell me the the service in the first place. Which is it's just it, it's just very frustrating because you know you you sit down, you schedule a meeting, you have this conversation, you walk out of there like, oh, I think I can do business with this guy, and then oh oh yeah, I forgot. Oh yeah, I'm sorry about the delay. And then there's another delay, and then you never hear from them again. It's like, look, if you want to, if you don't want to do business, just go out of business. Well, it's like getting paid too. You know, sometimes I'll invoice people, certain schools or companies mm-hmm. or corporations, organizations, and it 
It's like pulling teeth to get paid for services that were already mm. rendered. Yes. Uh, we could we could do a whole podcast series on this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but we don't want to turn it into, into two grumpy guys. Kvetching about. <laughs> Kvetching about not getting paid on time. Damn it. Um, all right. We... Uh, we got a holiday weekend coming up, man. What, Can't what, wait. What, 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 what you got going on? I'm going to meet you Sunday. That's right. We're going to go, go cheer for Arsenal. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you know, and I'll probably have as many Guinnesses at that game as I had the entire time I was in Ireland. Two? I, I, I'd won. So did, in London, in, I've been to Ireland, but I don't remember. I think they know how to pour them properly there. They have these sort of steel contraptions like a Guinness pour to pour the Guinness better. Have you seen those machines? I, I have I have not. I have not. Now, I have been to Ireland. Like I said, this was the third time. The second time I did actually go to the Guinness storehouse. And at the end of the tour, they do teach you how to properly pour a pint of Guinness manually without, you know, any, any other um, interference. So um, there is such a thing though. I think there's a, there's a better quality, Unless it's psychosomatic, Pete, of taste <laughs> in one that's poured better. At least that's what's been instilled to me, and I believe it. I don't know if that's a placebo type of thing. We've been listening to Seamus too much. I think so. <laughs> I think you're right. He's filled us full of you know what. Well, no, I mean, I mean, you have to pour it properly, or otherwise it's just nothing but foam. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there is a there is a right way to do that. Well, okay, so we're, we're looking forward to uh, to Arsenal. Uh, I am just looking forward to, I kind of like the holidays, like 4th of July, because the world quiets down, and I can catch up on stuff and not feel like I'm, I'm missing out on anything. Saturday night, I got a soccer match. All right, oh, Nine, yeah. 901 FC will be in Detroit to take on Detroit City, so I'll be calling, uh, I'll be calling that match. So that, is that, no, that's not Ben Pierman's team. He's in uh, Charleston, right? Correct, yeah. that, but Ben Pierman, when they were in NPSL, yeah, that's what he I'm was. Thinking. He yeah. was he was the coach then. Um, so I'm looking for first full weekend of football. American American American, American football. American football. Yeah. So I heard several people talking about Notre Dame's performance. Are they really good? Are we just excited? Is it? What was your take on it? Well, here's here's the thing. Notre Dame through the years they've had good tight ends, good offensive lines. Quarterback has been a little iffy, and last year it was it was a revolving door. So now with the transfer rules being much more liberal, a guy by the name of Sam Hartman who broke all kinds of records as a quarterback at Wake Forest decided to transfer as a graduate student to Notre Dame as one more year of eligibility. This dude is legit. Outstanding. I mean, I I think NFL potential for him. He's come in. He's been a great leader. Now, look, Navy is nobody's idea of a fantastic football team. But, I mean, Notre Dame plays the triple option team like once a year and did a real good job defensively. Um, so, you know, are they – are they national championship contenders? I don't think so because they got to play USC. They got to play Ohio State. Um, they've, they've got a lot of difficult games coming up. But they were, when you think of the first game of the season, they had one penalty the entire night. Did not have to call timeout because they that were is some mixed up on the play calls. Intense focus and self-discipline. Yeah. From someone who does what I do, I can tell you that's not an easy thing to Yeah, to and, 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 and when you think about the fact that, you know, they flew from South Bend, Indiana to Dublin to do this, which reminds me, you're talking about focus. We, we just, I, I lost focus. I totally skipped over your mindful moment. It's okay. 
That's okay. You were mindless on me. <laughs> I, went ma- I went mindless on you. And I got one other thing that I'm doing tomorrow, which is Friday. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. I have been invited by Memphis University School to do my Mark Twain show, my one-man show. I feel like you're cheating on me a little bit, being being a Lausanne administrator. Well, as MUS, <laughs> well, all you have, all you have to uh, hey, I get invited. Uh, I mean, know. come on. <clears throat> well, if somebody at Lausanne invites me, I'll go to Lausanne. I swear I invited you like three podcasts ago, but we'll do not to do Mark Twain. That's going to be next. Then. But but yeah, well, you know, I you know, I will always represent Lausanne. We'll let MUS be the warm up uh, <laughs> performance, the dress rehearsal, <laughs> and you'll do the real thing for us at Lausanne. All right. Tell tell something to your mindless uh, compatriot about mindfulness. Clearly, I need it. So have we done the gratitude thing yet? Talked a little bit about the science of gratitude or not? We've really? we've we've not done the gratitude thing, but it is it is phenomenally useful and more people need to do it. And uh, I'm going to let you take it away because you're the expert. I, I do I do have a gratitude practice, and I think most people, I think all people really should. But I think it's really important because, you know, we live with this negativity bias, the way that we're wired. We psychologically or mentally hone in on any perceived threats. So it's easy for us to see the so-called negative stuff instead of the stuff that's good or the stuff that we're, we're grateful about. So one of the things that I do when I work with individuals, I ask them to keep a gratitude journal. Guys don't always like the term journal. They think it sounds like diary, like they're Marsha Brady and her <laughs> diary on the Brady Bunch. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. I think Bobby or Peter stole it, had some personal stuff in it. But anyway, I digress. What I advise them to do is to keep a gratitude journal or a gratitude list at the end of every day write down, and it doesn't even have to be complete sentences, just number one through five and write down five things that you're grateful for that happened, that transpired that particular day. It could be little things, seemingly inconsequential things. Like I could say I had a nice day at school today or I had a nice uh, mindfulness session with Old Miss today, whoever it's with. Uh, I could say I had a nice walk with Holly after work today. Um, my flight wasn't delayed. Uh, I saw a, a, a nice rainbow. The Grizzlies won. Whatever you're happy about, write it down. And do that every day. And even if you find that you're repeating some of the same things a couple days in a row, it's okay. And what that does is, over time, it trains your mind to look for the good instead of reciverating or focusing solely on the negative. And what I like to tell people is it makes you a detective for good. So then you're walking around the next day and some seemingly inconsequential little thing happens. Light bulb goes off in your mind. Oh, that's nice. I can write that down in my gratitude journal tonight. So you actively start seeking it out and noticing it. And Pete, you know this because you have a gratitude practice, it's really a paradigm shift. It's transformative in the way that it changes our outlook. You know, it's, it's not toxic positivity or something that's like real syrupy or sugary, sweet, fake. I mean, it's genuine. Yeah. And it's really cool. Because it can be as simple as I have a bed to sleep in. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, on a bad day, you can think of things like that. Or yeah. not a bad day where just nothing magnificent happens, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even, 
I got up this morning. Mm -hmm. Because we all know that, you know, tomorrow is not promised. How many times have we seen people pass away before, before you would think that they would? Yeah, so the whole gratitude practice, and I, I was listening to another podcast on the trip between Chicago and Memphis and listening to somebody who had totally identified with her job as a producer for Comedy Central, lost a job. And she's like, where do I go? Well, we, what do I we do? We talked about this last time, I think, on the diversified identities. It right. ties into the gratitude. Yeah, too. yeah. So, you know, you're, you you start with the basics. Okay, I don't have a job, but I have a car that works that will get me wherever I need to go. I woke up this morning. I am healthy. Uh, I was able to, you know, get a meal today. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes, yeah, when, when things are really going sideways, you, you look for the, the small granular things, but there are things there every single day. And I think that is a, I think it's a big step to just good mental health. Yeah, without a doubt. It's all just a matter of perspective. Everything is. All right. Wow. Episode five I, is, I, I'm, I'm calling this a mind, uh, a, mi a mind, a milestone episode. How's that? Have another sip. Have another sip. <laughs> have another sip. It's almost gone. Yeah. Well, this has been episode five of Live a Little, this crazy little podcast with educator and mindfulness coach Greg Graver and the voice of the Grizzlies, Pete Pranica. Today's show has come to you from the global Galactic headquarters of Pranica Media in East Memphis. We don't have a producer. We don't have an engineer. Yeah, we do it all ourselves, and we did it with a Zippin' Pippin' IPA. <laughs> Mr. Graber, enjoy the uh, the holiday weekend. I'll see you, see you see at the brass door for uh, for a little arsenal and uh, some footy. Look forward to that. All right, Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for listening. And a reminder: we are now on iTunes. So go to uh, iTunes, rate, review. That's always very helpful to us, particularly we, we, we are big fans of five-star ratings. So if you can give us a five-star rating, we really love that. We're also available on uh, Spotify, also on Amazon Music, and also the iHeartRadio app. Wherever you get podcasts, you can find Livable. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.